0: and McKinney. This is, according to Callus, this is a 5 for Friday, episode 263 on September the 16th. And in a little bit of news, I have almost doubled the amount of downloads in the past 15 days. That'd be the first 15 days in September that I have in the entire nearly year plus that I've been doing this. So something's going on out there. Somehow, the word has gone out and people are paying attention. So please like, share, comment, and subscribe. We are upping our game. Today on the 5 for Friday, we're going to do a little bit of a throwback. And yes, we're going to keep it short because it is Friday and we're kicking off the weekend. Yeehaw! Number one not your FBI. If you were a young man in the seventies or the eighties, you were often brought up with the expectation that the FBI was all there was to be as far as law enforcement, that everybody aspired to be an FBI agent. As a matter of fact, you may have even stumbled across some of the old uh, TV shows with Mr. Elliot Ness or his, uh, actor portraying him, and as a matter of fact, I quite fondly remember a movie called The Untouchables, uh, a great Sean Connery movie, even though he wasn't the primary actor, he did manage to steal most of the scenes, and, uh, you know, so we were taught to revere the FBI, look up to the FBI, in fact, it was the FBI that was going to uh, reel in some of the corruption. That was going on in the country. Fast forward to 2020. Slash 2022. And wow. What do we see here? But the FBI appears to be. In the center of the corruption. In fact. It is quite possibly the most corrupt. Agency there is. At the federal level. I don't know that that's true or not. But uh, it's kind of things we're hearing now. It. And with the evidence that we're seeing, it begs the question, is it true? I mean, I'd always been a fan of the ATF being the most ridiculous and most corrupt federal agency, but it's possible now they've been superseded by the FBI. And apparently not to be undone by this, the Justice Department is, (laughs) oh, just hopelessly political. And when you want to throw out the epitaph, political, you probably ought to put it in context. The Justice Department's always worked under a political appointee, but the FBI was held up as this separate, apolitical, worried about truth and justice and protecting America and getting rid of the commies and fighting against organized crime that, you know, they didn't even recognize existed until the 70s. Or maybe they were on the take back then. Who knows? But it is clearly not the FBI today that we were told it was when I was a child. And one wonders, what do you do to fix this? I mean, there's this Bongino guy that's, you know, got national attention because apparently he used to be a Secret Service guy and he's basically said, well, we ought to just go ahead and disband the FBI and take that money and spread it somewhere else. So, conservatives are for defunding the FBI but not the local cops. I'm hoping I'm reading that right, understanding that right. Honestly, I don't see a flaw in the logic other than taking the money and spending it somewhere else, I would suggest to you that perhaps we just need to not spend the money at all. But that's just, just a wild guess there. And while we're at it, not your war. That's number two, not your war. Well, what war exactly am I talking about? Well, it depends on who you're talking to today, but the one I'm going to be referring to is the one that our resident in chief has declared upon those right of center. Oh, he was very specific and quickly backed down a couple of days later and said that I oh, was just referring to those ultra-maga people. And he didn't really see they were a threat to the world or the country, but yeah, you did. He did say it. Uh, I've been cautioning a good number of people that we don't want a civil war. We don't want a war for control of the government. We, we don't want to be taking up arms against our fellow brother in our country, but it appears that that decision's already been made for us. I mean, <laughs> when you're sicking the FBI on a guy that sells pillows in a Hardee's restaurant, when, when you're sick in the FBI, uh, on a guy's house in a private residence that's protected by the secret service. When you're sacking the FBI on, you know, other people that are well known and have a standard pattern. What else should we believe? Then there's a war that's been declared and we didn't know anything about it. Now it may not be a full hot war yet. And clearly only one side is taking action. And, uh, The other side that's standing there looking at it is, unfortunately, apparently led by a bunch of people that are easily duped or informers. And it's really sad to see that that's where we're at, but I have no faith that our side is going to be able to mount any kind of defense. I mean, they're labeling a protest that got a little out of hand in D.C. as an insurrection. Meanwhile ignoring legitimate riots for the better part of a year. I think they're confused. I think they're confused when they're declaring war on half of their country, but that's just me. I don't quite understand what the purpose is of that other than to try and maintain control of the federal government. That makes me a little nervous because... If they haven't learned anything, they should have learned that the feds don't actually run this country. The feds actually do have limited powers. And that when states do choose to get off their butts and do something about it, we are very effective at pushing back against federal tyranny. Now, unfortunately, that leaves us with state tyranny. And some states are better than others, and Texas is far from the worst but we'll deal with that on our own. But now we've got a declared war that we don't want, that we didn't desire. And one wonders what the purpose is of that. What do you hope to be gaining from doing that? I mean, we're already stretched thin all over the world. We already have one hot war that we're sticking our nose into that we have no business in. Meanwhile, there are All sorts of little uprising all over the world, but hey, you know what? The internal strife in the United States is not quite high enough, so we're going to amp it up a bit. Yeah, that was a good choice. Number three, not my president. Now, we've heard this a good number of times in the last 20 some odd years. First, it was George W. wasn't my president. Then the other guys were saying, well, Obama is not my president. The big O is not my president. Yeah, okay, I'm sure I've said that a time or two. Of course, I wasn't a fan of W either. And then fate should come upon us and somebody that wasn't slated to win the presidency actually won. And everybody was screaming and whining and weeping and gnashing their teeth. He's not our president. He's illegitimate. Nothing he does. Blah, 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 blah. We had just went through eight years of a guy that had no business being president, even though he won. He was not qualified, constitutionally speaking. Oh, we all turned a blind eye to that. Well, we want to admit that. We don't want to look into that. We might be a racist. Ooh. Or his uh, he, she spouse. I mean, we're not allowed to talk about these things. We're not allowed to question them because otherwise we're the bad people. We're, we're the ones in the wrong and... It's funny, they can call us anything and everything, but if we even question the narrative, we're the problem. We need to be locked up. And they work at convincing us that the corrective measures have been taken and your new resident-in-chief is your president. Well... I've never been a big fan of the idea of saying not my president. i I know I've said it. I know I've laughed about it, but I don't run around and berate people and scream and cry, you know, rejecting somebody that's in an office that realistically should have very little effect on my day to day life. I honestly, it means very little to me who is the person that's at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Now, from 2016 to 2020, it was highly, highly entertaining, and we had a couple good things happen as a result of it, but almost all that's been undone. It's been untwisted because the uh, resident-in-chief just wrote his own little laws. And, and the sad thing is, is Congress has gone along with it. And what's even sadder still is that the states are not pushing back nearly enough. The resident-in-chief does not have the authority to forgive loans. The resident-in-chief does not have the authority to redefine our currency. The resident-in-chief really and truly has no business sticking our noses in other wars although we've been doing that for decades so i this week i i heard um shoot i'm gonna forget his name um the tom woods interview with um give me a minute i'm gonna look this up i apologize i Had a temporary uh, brain fade there. So on Tuesday this week, Tom Woods did an interview with Mr. Scott Horton, who coincidentally just happens to live in Austin, and they talked about the idea, NATO being an embodiment of the non-aggression principle, but where I was going with this myself, uh, where I was looking at here is the idea that. The president, when he involves us in a conflict, can be reeled in under the War Powers Act. After 60 days, Congress can shut it down. So they gave out a phone number, 833-STOP-WAR, and said, Call your representatives, call your senators, and tell them that you'd like them to get us out of the war in Yemen. Oh, you didn't even know there was a war in Yemen, did you? Well, once again, that's not your war. And the guy that's not our president is continuing on the war that's going on over there. You know, for what purpose? Well, we're killing a lot of people and we're selling lots of gear for the industrial complex, right? The war machine. So I called and wouldn't you know it? I couldn't get through to John Cornyn's office. So it kicked me over. Couldn't get through to Ted Cruz's office, but it got over to Van Taylor's office. Now, as you may recall, I have a little bit of a mixed history with my Congressman Van Taylor, but I'm hopeful that the voicemail that I left will be taken in the intent that I meant with, hey, you know what? We're involved in a international war over here in the Middle East that we really don't have any business being involved in, why don't you just use the War Powers Act and shut it down? I I mean, the guy's only in office for another, I don't know, five months. What does it hurt? Put forth a bill saying, hey, we're done with this. Put forth that War Powers Resolution saying, enough. One less war, that'd be a good way to go out. So we'll see if I hear back from my uh, Congressman Van Taylor. Again, if you're hearing my voice, I mean, maybe this isn't your thing. Maybe you don't care, but it's not our war. And the guy that's not our president isn't interested in ending anything. In fact, he's started another war. So just keep that in mind. Number four, my country. That's right, my country. Unlike... A good number of people that seem to be of the mind that they're running things, that they seem to be of the mind that they're the ubermitch, that they know what's best, they're the experts, and they should be running our lives for us. Unlike them, I acknowledge Texas is my country. And Texas at the moment is part of a larger country called these United States. And I take that pretty seriously. And, oh, once upon a time, back in 1991, I gave an oath to support and defend the constitution of my country. And even though at the time I lived in Wisconsin and I spent my time in Virginia, and now here I am in Texas for 25 years, I take that oath pretty darn serious. And I love my country. It's the government that I'm not really thrilled about. It's, It's the full leaders that we have that are... I don't know if they're just completely evil or they're just incompetent or some combination thereof, but they seem to be getting the results that they want in a very bad way. Our country is not where it should be, not where it could be. And some of it is just inevitable at this point. I mean, they've done so much destruction and let me put a pause in here just to, to be clear I don't lay this all at the feet at resident Joe. I don't even blame just the Democrat party. I would go so far as to say that 90 plus percent of the people that live in Babylon on the Potomac there don't have the country's best interests at heart. They could care less about Texas. Who they work for. Ultimately, Is somebody that has many names. Some of them don't know it. Some of them do know it, and they're even scarier still. But they're not working for our benefit. They're not working to protect our country. In fact, they're doing the exact opposite. But I love my country, and I just wonder what it is that they love. Is it mammon? Is it that simple? I don't know. But we're trying to keep this a little light because this is Friday. That was number four. Let's go on to number five. My choice. You see, I've gone from not, not, not to my and my. Number five, my choice. It was my choice what medicine I wanted to take. It was my choice on how I want to protect my body and my family. It was my choice how I choose to be. Let's say externally protected in my house and my family. It's my choice on whom I serve. It's my choice on who I kneel to. Now, I know some of the uh, Calvinists out there are right now taking umbrage with this because they feel like you have no choice if you're called. But setting that aside, from the Baptist point of view, we make that choice. We choose to submit. And that was my choice. It's my choice to protect and love my country and the Constitution and my oath. So my question is, is what is your choice? What do you want? What what do you think is best? Now, if you're listening to me, I'm going to guess you're somewhere right of center. I'm going to guess you're somewhere with at least in the same zip code of my thought process. And I'm going to guess... That some of you are considering taking action. Let me caution you. If you're going to go off that way, if you're, if you're going to take a step that is, quite frankly, a step of no return, you got to be really careful. You got to really consider the consequences of that action. My choice is to stand and fight the way I've been fighting. To hold the line but I don't know what your choice is. I would caution you, and I'm going to say it again and again and again. I don't think it's quite the time to be doing those things. If you want to do something, just say no. If You want to do something, just don't take part in the machine. If you want to do something, and I don't know, I've talked about it before. I, I, I wish I had the the mindset to set aside the time to do the things that I'm going to say. But if you want to do something, educate your kids, educate your grandkids, grow a garden, build a woodlot, reinvest in your local community, create a new community, start a new town out in the sticks, invite your friends, create a parallel business atmosphere. There are a whole lot of things that people can be doing, but you have to have the time, the money, the energy, and the decision that this is what I want to do. We still have time, ladies and gentlemen. We can still make a difference, but you have to make the choice. If you continue to sit there and watch it all drift on by you're going to fix nothing. You're going to change nothing. You know, I'd like to tell you that I'm very confident that seven weeks from now, we're going to be having a great big party and all the guys with the right letter after their name are going to be the winners and we're all going to be ecstatic and thrilled and happy. But I can assure you, even if that's true, four months from now, we're going to come to the realization that very little has changed. Well, things will slow down. They won't get as bad as fast if all our team wins, right? If all the good guys go there, they're going to slow things down a little bit. So the car that's been flying towards the cliff at 150 miles an hour for the last two years, it'll slow down to 50. And I don't know that we can stop it perhaps it's inevitable perhaps we're on a uh, downhill slope you know it's you know a 30 degree drop and uh the eclipse only you know a few miles away now and even if we had brakes there might not be room to effectively stop the car because we're doing 150 miles an hour but what i'm going to suggest to you is there are other options There are other things we could be doing, we shall be doing going forward that perhaps can save some of us. Oh, the car that we know as these United States may very well go off the cliff and break into a bunch of smaller pieces, which may not be the worst thing. But going forward, we're going to have to uh, adapt, improvise overcome. And if that sounds the slightest bit familiar to you, yes, it was on purpose. All right. It is the five for Friday. I've hit all five and we're just over 20 minutes. So I thank you for listening in. I hope that it's been somewhat entertaining, perhaps enlightening and maybe even a tad educational. And with that, I will see you on the other side.